in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, who handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know has, was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that you that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what we had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus." Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all these prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and the covenant of covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless by turning to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. You may be seated. Last time I spoke, I shared a lame person who was crippled from the bird. Uh, he began to walk, began to jump, and began to praise God. Remember? It's been a while, right? We're way behind. I mean, KM is doing, KM finished chapter 4. We are uh, still chapter 3, way behind. Uh, it was a miracle that took place in Jerusalem. It was the first miracle that Luke after describing the book of Acts. And everyone, since he was sitting uh, on front of the temple gate, where people are passing by every day, he was a well-known person. And people witnessed, wow, God raised him. He was a cripple from the bird, and now he can walk and jump and he can praise God. So it was a big uh, uh, miraculous sign, the miraculous work. I mean, the, it was a big incident. And the story, uh, they continue uh, to carry that incident. And I want to read the passage. Verse uh, 11 once again. <clears throat> Brian is working. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, let me see the 11. The, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and, and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Imagine this guy who was a creeper from the bird. Now he can walk. He can you know, jump, right? He held on to Peter and John. He didn't want them to go. And, and, and that led uh, Peter and John into the place called Solomon's Colonnade, Solomon's Porch. This was a well-known place for early church members. They 
gathered together in the place, and they, 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 there was a kind of meeting room. And Jesus was familiar with this place. So his disciples. Jesus used to teach his message in this place. And Peter began to preach his second sermon. Remember his first sermon? When he preached his first sermon, 3,000 people came to know Christ. He baptized 3,000 people. And this is his second sermon. And 5,000 people respond to his message. As a preacher myself, I got like, when did he have time to prepare his message? Did he have a manuscript like me? Maybe not. Right, right? I mean, I spent like, you know, like hours to prepare the message. But it seems like he didn't have time. I mean, it seems like he didn't really have a manuscript. I don't think he, you know, he didn't seem to like prepare some message. Yet, he spoke, when he spoke, 5,000 people respond. You know why? Because message was in him. And, and, and the message just burst out when the opportunity knocked at his door. We are all called to be preachers. You may not be the preacher who spoke you know, like on Sunday at the pulpit, but you are called to be preachers. We're all called to be witness of our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, today I want to share a few spiritual lessons from Peter's second sermon. It's a very simple message. I want to talk about gospel as a, as a preacher, as a witness that we are, you know, that's our, our obligation and job. Uh, I want to share three things, a few things. And first of all, preaching the gospel means proclaiming Jesus, not ourselves. It is important for us to understand that. Whenever we have a chance to preach the world through our lives and word, we have to preach Jesus, not ourselves. Let's look at verse 12. When Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, you know, people wondered, they were amazed, you know, at Peter. They said, why, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if our own power of godliness we have made this man walk? Don't look at us. That's what he said, right? Did you, I mean, can you see the you know, transformation of Peter? He, it was, it's not like him. He always wants to get attention. He always wants to be the center of attention. Yet Peter changed. What happened to him? When the person is filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't really matter whether I got attention or not. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you, t- you start to give all the credit to God. God, it is you. Our words is a mere instrument. That's the sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, people were looking at his right hand. Didn't you raise this crippled person from your hand? They were looking at his right hand. It's not easy to get rid of or get free from uh, grabbing attention. You know, we love to have attention, right? We do, right? You guys do, right? I do too. I love the attention. You know, uh, every Sunday, I, you know, like my regular schedule is I have to three, speak three messages on Sunday, usually, you know, Sunday. It is tough, sometimes like so stressful. Yet I love to do it. Why? People give me the attention, right? Yeah. Oh, me, yeah, yeah, you know. We're not really free from, you know, from the attention. But when you are filled with the Spirit, doesn't really matter. Do you know why angel 
angels fly? Do you know? Because they have what? No, that's not the answer. <laughs> Sorry. You know why they, they, they can fly? Because they don't put too much weight upon themselves. Oh, profound, profound, right? It's not my, my saying, but it's a G.K. Chesterton say, actually say that. You can fly too. If you don't put too much weight upon yourself, you can fly. But we can't fly. Why? Because we put too much weight upon us. That's why we cannot fly. But if you want to fly, don't put weight upon yourself, but put weight upon Jesus. We are mere instruments. Look at what uh, Peter said. You kill the author of life, but... That's 15, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. We're simply witnesses of this. We have to understand that we are instruments. We are instruments. We are simply witnesses of Jesus Christ. We tend to think, without me, I don't think you know, this company will run properly. We tend to think that way. Without me, church will have a hard time. That's not really true. Most of the time, we should be just thankful to the Lord that God is using us as his instrument. Most of the time, without you and I, the company or household or whatever, even church, they can really fly. I'm not kidding. So we have to be humble. Whenever we share the, life, the gospel message through our lives or the world, we have to uh, give all the credit to God. We have to preach Jesus, not ourselves. Okay, second point. Preaching the gospel means proclaiming that we are all sinners and God's providence at the same time. Let me try to explain this. Verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the world... The God of our fathers has glorified servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before the Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one. Ask that a murderer and list to you. You killed the author of the life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witness of it. You, Peter used to express, you did it. You killed him. It is important whenever the gospel message is preached or whenever we open the scripture, we have to take it personally. Whenever the word of God is preached, you got to take it personally. Don't say, hey, that message is not for me. That's maybe for my brother or sister. How come he's not here today? You know, this is a message from not for me. No, no, no. That's not right. Either. You got to take it personally. Whenever you open the scripture, take it. Message to you. God is speaking to you. It is so important. And Peter's sermon didn't just end, the pointing his finger to sinners, to Jews, but he was explained, God has salvation plan for you guys. And Peter was saying, it was all planned. That was God's sovereign will. Uh, I love this expression, now brothers. He was telling, you killed him, but he's saying, now brothers, my fellow brothers. I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. It was teaching, started to teach them suffering Christ. It was all God's plan. Even uh, denying, uh, even crucify him on the cross, it was God's sovereign will. 
Do you believe in God's sovereign will? I do. It is painful. When you think about, I mean, it's so hard to interpret the situation. Being a Christian, follow of Christ, sometimes I don't, I don't fully get it. We don't figure out things right in our lives, right? Things are happening in our lives. Sometimes I don't, I don't really get it. God, would you explain to me? I don't really understand why these things are happening to Christian family in my life and somebody who I mean, gave themselves for Christ and giving, they really try to live for your glory. Why are you giving them so hard, hard time? You know, KM, we have uh, many people suffering in cancer. You know, one of our elders say, because we're getting old. Is, this, is God trying telling us something? Or are we just getting old? I think so, we're getting old. That's why many you know, cancer patients in our church. One of my close friends, uh, he, in fact, he, you know, he's one of our KM uh, pastor's staff. He and I go for like 20 some years. We, we've been friends for many years. His wife recently discovered she got a breast cancer and that spread to other parts of the body. I was so frustrated. I was so discouraged. Lord, I know his life. I know you know, their life. And they've been committing to you and they give I mean, why is this happening? And when I met him, you know, like when, after I heard that story, that news, I just wanted to hug him. I just cried together with him. But as a, you know, like 57 years old man, you know, too, I, hard. I mean, like, but my heart was like crying together with him. But God was telling me the moment, Ken, do you build son? Do you believe my will in this household? I couldn't deny, but say, yes, Lord, I do believe. I do believe that your will be accomplished to this life, to their household. I do believe. So that's what gospel is. Not only indicating that we are all sinners, but God has a sovereign will in our lives that has to go together. That's the gospel. That's complete gospel. Last point, preaching the gospel means proclaim God's grace. Not only we, indic- we have to confront the truth, we have to tell people, hey, you are sinners. Because of sin, you have to die forever. You end up in destruction, in hell. You know, that message has to be preached. But there's a way that you can be saved. That's the, that's the Evangelion, that's good news, right? That's the, that's the gospel that we have. Peter said, repent, then turn to God so that your sins may be wiped it out. The time of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. That is good news. Peter was pointing their sins and seriousness of their sin. And now Peter is preaching there's a way to repent. Lord's expression, send Christ. You know what? Jesus is the answer. We need to know him personal way. We have to know him personally. Otherwise, grace cannot be applied to us. Let's, let me try to explain this by formula. Gospel means Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ means grace. When you experience grace, you can start to use his name. Those people who have relationship with him can claim his name. Isn't that awesome? For example, uh, if I take a credit card from Esther, Yeah, yes, right? Then, uh, you know, what if I buy lunch for me and my wife? 
She's going to say, Pastor Ken, maybe you forgot your wallet today, huh? Use it. No problem. But what if I take her car without telling her and buy Mercedes Benz? <laughs> she will begin to think, Pastor Ken, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Right? I don't know if you have that much credit, you know, what, what's that called? Limit? But what if my wife take a credit card from my wallet and book a tour to Spain? I would say, I think she needs some fresh air. <laughs> right? I'll probably say, oh, okay. Just go, honey. You know. It would be nice if you can take me, but you know, just go. Okay, have your... I don't think I would consider her as a crazy. Why? Because we have a covenant relationship. You can claim his name when you have a relationship with him. And this is my prayer. You and I can claim his name. Not because we are special, because his name is special. Just claim his name. When we claim his name, God will do many wonderful works through us. Not because we are special, but because his name is special. Lord's expression, so that your sins may be wiped out. When you look at the Greek original text, this expression means it wiped out permanently. Not temporarily, but permanently. That's the beauty of a cross. That's part of a cross. When he died on the cross, he took care of our sin, our past and present and future sin. I mean, it, was, it happened 2,000 years ago, right? But on the cross, he took care of our sins forever. That's a covenant relationship. When you give your life to Christ, that truth is applied to us. That's why the Paul says in Romans 8, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ? If you give your life to Christ, you are in Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life sent me. Set me free from the law of sin and the missed part there. Set, it's not sent, but set me from the law of sin and death. It means our past, present, future sins are covered by his precious blood. And the expression that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. This is the kind of life who have experienced the love of God and received the Holy Spirit. You and I, this is my prayer. We can uh, enjoy the life that God is offering to us. You know what? You were created by God's image. We are all created by God's image. But God's image has been broken because of our disobedience. Christ came so that broken image can be restored. Only through Jesus Christ, our broken image can be restored. Right? Right? One of the scholar, Dutch scholar mentioned, when he comes and when he restores the image, that means spiritually will be restored. That means relationally will be restored. Everything will be falling in the right place. Everything makes sense. You know, life cannot uh, interpret. It's hard to interpret the life unless we are restored by image of God. And morally, we'll be restored. 
and creativity will be restored. That's why I met so many people. Though they are not educated in worldly you know, life, but they are so creative because their creativity has been restored. Let me end my message uh, by verse 19. He said, repent, then turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. When Peter preached this message, do you think he included himself in the sermon? I bet he did. You know, he said, you denied him. You rejected him. I mean, What's that mean? You denied him, you rejected him. Peter doesn't want to deny Jesus, right? Reject Jesus, right? I'm sure he'll include himself in his sermon. But he will say, brothers, when we return, when you repent, when we turn around, God will embrace us. God will accept us. He's going to forgive us. And you will begin to have a life. That was Peter's second message. That's the message we need to hear. You know, gospel is very simple. Sometimes we preachers make very complicated. <laughs> it's a simple message. Oh, we're sinners. We need God's grace. We need to return to God. Whenever we decide to return to God, God is opening His arms and welcoming us. I love you. I love you this much. That's why I die on the cross. Let me read this passage. I even I am, uh, I even I am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. When you come, repent, he say, you know, I'm not going to even remember <laughs> that this truth soaking in your soul today. Let's pray together. Father God, you call all of us to be witnesses, the preachers. In, in many ways, help us to preach, Father God. Help us preach you, Lord, with our lives. If necessary, maybe use the word, Father God. And Lord, uh, help us to preach given situation and God's salvation plan together, Lord God. Sometimes life's too tough. Sometimes we can't even understand why things happen in our lives. But Father God, since we know that you are the God who holds everything, since we believe that you are sovereign God, we simply want to trust you and believe in you, Lord God. Help us to enjoy your amazing grace, Father God. Not only enjoy it, but help us preach your amazing grace to the people who do not know you, Lord. Bless all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.